What's up, Rad Dads, and welcome to another episode of the Rad Dads Podcast. That was me hitting the button there. <laughs> I am one of the hosts, Sal. And I'm Rob, the other host. And apparently we're using the generic intro button from our new roadcaster. Yeah, Rob still hasn't, uh, our IT guy hasn't figured out the rest of it. Uh, we got, I don't know, what was that eight buttons that we can play with and add music to? That is eight. Four by two is eight. Oh, look at that. I don't do math in public, so. There you go. Yeah, that Thanks was for impressive that, for you. So, Rob, uh, tonight, what are, what are we talking about? Tonight, we are going to discuss Dad's Daily Work Struggles. Don't tune out yet. I think you may want to listen to this and just hear what we have to say or what Tell has to say. Oh, oh I guess because it's my topic. It is your topic. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good topic to talk about. Um, the, the shit that all the dads go through and their struggles day to day, um, trying to raise a family, trying to bring home money. Um, you know, it, it adds a lot of stress on dads. Don't you think? It does. I just want to caveat this. We're not discounting everything moms do, but this is a show about, about dads, dads and by dads for dads. That's right. So we focus on dads. We're we not know, talking about mommies. Yeah. We know you have plenty of your stuff, but you have plenty of outlets and plenty of things to listen to. This is for us guys. Yes. Right on. So, yeah, I think it's stressful. So, if you think about the normal stereotype is that the guy is supposed to bring home the bacon. Yes. So, did you know three in four dads feel stress trying to juggle work and family life? Nearly two-fifths say they feel great stress getting work-life balance right. Nearly 80% of dads feel a responsibility to be the rock for their families after the birth of their child. And half say this is a struggle causing them stress and anxiety. For those dads, I would like to introduce them to bourbon. (laughs) Not surprised by that. Um, I'm surprised that they got dads to actually open up and commit to something that they were feeling stressed about, to be honest. Because as we've talked with numerous dads, dads really will open up and talk about that type of stuff after their third glass of bourbon yeah maybe after their third glass of bourbon but typically guys aren't guys aren't wired to just share their feelings you know some, sometimes it, it, everything starts coming out when uh sitting around a, a fire pit or a campfire or something and, and they've had uh you know a couple of drinks in them possibly then the I, stuff starts coming out and it's um dude it's it's serious, you know, because well, stress is what kills, right? So, half of the heart attack strokes isn't that really induced by stress a lot of the time? So, I'm no doctor, so we'll bring on a doctor to verify my my guesses. <laughs> Rob's wearing his uh, doctor hat tonight. Yeah, I mean, we have doctor friends, so we can bring them on and have them validate that. But, I mean, I was on LinkedIn today, and somebody I networked with over the last year. Uh, you know, a VP at another company, she posted that she lost her husband and she's about our age, maybe a little bit older. Um, lost her husband, uh, didn't say why, but it pretty, you know, pretty, pretty dramatic for somebody our age with a family and, you know, that's, loses, that's crazy. Yeah. It loses a, you know, primary caregiver or, you know, a dual income household. So it, it's definitely something that if it is bothering you or if it is, if you feel like you're that 80% or two out of five or whatever stats Sal pulled 
from somewhere. The Google. The Google. I assume like a men's health or something like that. I think you need to address it. You need to go and make sure that you take care of that. Absolutely. Fathers need to take care of themselves and do it openly so their kids may witness and even participate in the process. Uh, That'll teach your children that men are allowed to step outside the box of the societal stereotype. That's, that's, that's a great quote there. Outside of the societal stereotype? Societal. I can barely say that sober. Good thing I didn't start drinking the bourbon yet. Yeah, I, I think it's important for your family to see that you're struggling. And I, I think it's important. Do you, though? Do you think that your family should see you going through, you know, trials and tribulations? Absolutely. Yeah. Because then it'll teach them. If you show them how to get through your trials and tribulations, it'll teach them how to get through theirs. So they learn by example. True, but what do you expose to your family and what don't you? Where do you draw the line? So if you're stressed out because you're the primary caregiver or you're one of the people who bring home money, or even if you're stressed because you feel that you're not meeting the expectations of society in general, because that, that could be one of the stereotypes, so, right? So let elaborate on that. What expectations of society do people have to meet? So I think some dads may feel that they're not living up to their fatherly expectations. Okay. So meaning, they're one, they're not the primary caregiver. Or two, it's a dual-income household, and they feel like they need to do more. Since we've started this podcast, it's come to the realization that that, that is true. And once you introduce the family and the additional expenses, the house, the vacations. Like, yeah, but all that stuff has to be budgeted. Yesteryear, moms stayed home. They were stay-at-home moms. They were responsible for cooking, cleaning, raising the kids, and the dads went to work. You know, the dads were the breadwinner because they were, it was a single income household. Back then, you... I think still guys are stressed regardless because that, that stat you use isn't, didn't differentiate it, did it? No. I mean, the, the stress is the stress because the, the man, the guy, the dad, the father feels that he has to be the one bringing in the money and he has to be the one supporting the entire family. And he has to be the one that supports the lifestyle. I don't think all guys feel like they have to bring home the money. I, I really don't. I, I think I think that may. I'm going to say majority. You think so? I think so. We should do a poll. We really should. I, I, I'm honest because I don't necessarily believe that. We should. Let's, I, I think let's there put should it be, out there. I think there should be two polls. One: Do guys feel like they should be the breadwinner? And two: Are guys the breadwinner? And I would love to see. The, what the stats are. Yeah, what the stats are. Well, yeah, we can. I can definitely put that together, or we can put that together. Yeah, we See, can even do one of those survey monkey type things. Craziness. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But but I, I'm i really interested because for me growing up, that was my always my thought process, is that the, the man should be the breadwinner. And, uh, and, and let me ask you, why? Is it because that's how you saw honestly, it? Honestly, I don't. Yeah, that's, I guess, how okay. I saw it. As did I. My, my father worked Monday through Saturday. He had his own business. My mom stayed home and she raised us. Yeah, I mean, it was the same in my house. My dad had his own business, though my mom did work and do the accounting for my dad for a long time. What do you think drives the stress for a guy? I, I think it's the, the daily work grind, man. You but know? What's the, so, uh, all right. So, Cause there's, I guess the other point to, to these statistics is what for a dual-income household, 
how do women like like do, are they as stressed as men? Do you think it's it's palpable or sure. par- comparable? I, I think palpable. so. Okay. I sure. I, I think I think it's comparable. Absolutely. Sometimes uh, women's stress may, might be a lot more than than men's. Think about it, like my household. I've been on the road for the past three days between five thirty and six o'clock in the morning. Now I I was promoted to a new position where I wouldn't have to be on the road at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Congratulations, Al. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But due to the current uh, work environment, challenge of finding uh, qualified people is, you know, puts a lot of work on me and my colleague and my boss. So we're just picking up the slack where we have issues that we have to be on site. And, and but, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. I'm going to let that go. I could go off on a whole tangent about hiring qualified people and the lack of labor currently. It's infuriating. But we'll continue your story. In the beginning of school year, I was helping my wife get with the kids breakfast, lunches, whatever, what have you, first thing in the morning. Because I'm at my desk at 6 o'clock, 6.15. So I get at least 45 minutes in before, you know, the kids wake up and breakfast and stuff. So I was able to help in that aspect. So now... You know, you asked about the, the stress on, on, on the women. Now that's all my wife's responsibility. And she still has to do her thing to, for work. All right, I'm going to let you in a little secret. Probably most of my career, most of the time the kids have been born, I commuted to New York or Jersey City. Only recently did I change jobs, which isn't as recent as three years ago. But majority of the time, I would be out of the house by 6, 6.15 to get, I mean, similar to you, up and out very early. For me, it was more about catching the train and getting to New York City by 8 o'clock. I didn't help with anything in the morning. Nothing. Didn't help with anything in the evening. Uh, it, it just, it is what it was, right. right? I'd have to leave at 6. I think I'd leave my house at 6.15. I'd get on at 6.45. I'd get to the city by 8. And even if I left the city at 5.15 for the 5.45, I wouldn't get home until close to 7 o'clock. It wasn't realistic. Like right. there, There's no way I could. And I know plenty of people who go in at 6 and are home by an earlier time. It's just... In, in IT and, and what I specifically do, it's hard. You still have meetings until 5 o'clock, sure. sometimes until 6. But at least when you're in Manhattan, it's a little bit, there's a firm cutoff. 5 o'clock is pretty much the last meeting. Like, you're done at 5. And most people are racing to get to, to the train. Um, it isn't until recently, in the last three years, where in the morning I'm helping out. And, you know, part of it's COVID. And part of it's I'm driving only, you know, a very short commute comparative to a New York City commute. And that allows me to help get them ready in the morning, sometimes drop them off at school. Coming home, you know, I'm not able to really do anything because I'm not home. But, you know, with the current situation where we're hybrid, I still don't pick them up because I'm, I'm in meetings all day. Occasionally, if my wife needs me, I'll pick them up. But it, it's still mostly on her. Packing the lunches, all that stuff, that's, that's all, all on her. I make sure the boys get dressed, brush their teeth. And eat breakfast because they, they're old enough. They so, should be making so, their own breakfast. So let me let me stop you right there. So you now realize or understand everything that your wife did prior to you working hybrid. Sure. Yes, I understand everything she did. Because you asked, are are women just as stressed, or are partners just as stressed, if not more? I'm talking more from the working aspect because the statistics you specifically quoted are about how men are stressed. That they have to be the breadwinners. That they have to be the breadwinners. That they have to bring home the money. That 
and I get it. It hasn't, the realization hasn't hit me until recently that, oh shit, like that's, I'm actually responsible for that to some degree. Right. And I was like, oh, never really thought about it. But at the end of the day, you have to, it's, so I, I have friends who are always like, you know, you should be moving, you know, always trying to challenge yourself, get to the next place, do better and grow more. The reality is you don't necessarily have to leave your company to do that. You can do that within your own company. You can grow yourself within your own company. And that's, and that, to be honest, the grass ain't always greener wherever you go. I've had people leave my organizations and call me within two months and say, hey, listen, would you bring me back? Why am I going to bring you back? You just left me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like six months later, hey, you know, I really didn't like this. This didn't work out. You know, is there any place for me to come back to? No, we, we either filled, we filled your, position your position or we tra- or we changed your position and did something different with it. I, I, in my mind, if... If you're in a company where you're, I don't, I don't want to say comfortable. You should, you should never be comfortable in a company, right? And this comes into our dad lesson. You should always be trying to challenge yourself, always trying to grow yourself. That's, that's the two things for me. If you're in IT and you're in applications, you always should be challenging yourself with new technology, new applications, new, you know, new business processes, always trying to get your hands on different stuff to kind of grow your portfolio. Basically, don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Because as soon as you get comfortable, that's when the other shoe drops and you get, and you get fucked, sort of. To, to me, once you get comfortable, you're in a position where that comfort is so nice and so relaxing, you kind of get lethargic. You kinda, you're not challenging yourself. You're right. not growing yourself. And what, what's going to happen is it's going to seep into your personal life and your business life and throw you for a loop. Because when you used to be hungry and you used to be trying to get to the next level or grow yourself, grow your knowledge. You were, the tenacity was incredible. You know, you, you were trying to get something, but as soon as you kind of roll back and say, all right, I'm good. I know what I have to do day in, day out. I'm coming in at nine. I'm leaving at five. I'm going to just do what the boss needs me to do. That's when the boss is going to say, Hey, listen, yep. I like what you do, but I can find someone who could do it cheaper and can do it better. And probably do more and do more. Yeah. Don't, don't get comfortable. Because just when you get comfortable, that's when shit's going to change. When should you move on? You know, there's that saying, um, if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. There's some truth to that, I believe. Because it's not just, you know, uh, I got to go to work today. But this is fucking boring. But, you know, because that, that also adds to the stress of, of your life. Because if you're in a, in a dead-end job, you know, there's no way of moving up or like you said, comfortable. It, it's going to, gr- you know, the stress will grow. The anxiety will grow till, till the one day you, you're just going to freaking burst. Don't get comfortable. Stay on your toes. When When is a good time to move on? I don't know, man. When you start seeing a reorg in your company, um, when things aren't looking good, uh, you know, you brush up on your, your, your uh, expertise and, and, Start looking. Yes, sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side, but you'll never know unless you take that leap. Looking for a job is stressful on itself. But, I mean, given today's environment, that there's millions of positions open and nobody wanting to work, um, you know, you, you you can be picky. You know? You can be picky as long as you have offers. Just because you, there's lots of jobs out there doesn't mean your skill set resonates with those jobs. True, true. So you have to find those jobs that resonate. And the higher you go up, the harder it is to find those jobs. 
right? Sure, of course. So there's le- less, there's more people competing for a very small amount of jobs. So if you're like a developer, yeah, you're a dime a dozen. You'll probably find a job quickly. Your manager, yeah, you'll still find it. Get to a director level, gets a little harder. You get VP. to the executive level, gets even harder. And then C level, it's very hard. You know, I've been in a lot of companies where those levels have been, you know, walked out or left. They traditionally take some time to find another position. Sure. They need to scalp from somewhere else. Yeah. Or poach from somewhere else. They have to find another position. If they're asked to leave, they have to find. It's not only stress and anxiety. I think it it, it can lead to depression. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's one thing that Christian. um, Heim. Heim, yes. He talked about and goes into a lot around depression of men and depression of fathers. And he talks about, Sal just is out of Cheers. Cheers. Um, <laughs> he goes into a lot about, about that and, and the impact on men and just, you know, how it impacts it. I also believe based on the conversation with a men's group that, you know, those types of group, men's groups, retreats, whatever you do also does take some stress off of, off of yourself and that was the number one thing that I mentioned last week. Man time, right? Number yeah, one. Man time. One, one, one of the five things to know and do and, and learn and pass on is is make mad time. Man time, not man, mad time. Man time. Get together with your friends. Um, if you don't have friends, you know. Make friends. Exactly. Make friends. You know, go, join a join the father's group. Talk to us on, on you know, Rad Dads. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. It, just find someone to talk to. Um, Sometimes all, all you need to do is get something off your chest and, and, and it makes you change your perspective because when we're angry, when we're mad, when we're, you know, when we're stressed, when our anxiety levels are through the roof, we, we kind of sort of have tunnel vision. Like you, you, you focus on one thing and, and this is what's causing it or this is the reason. And if you have someone to talk to, they may give you a different perspective or a different way of approaching it and seeing what the issues are. So that's why it, it's extremely important to just, you know, make man time. You just have, have make some time for friends, guys night out, you know, cigars, bourbon, bur- beer, whatever the hell you do. You, if you don't drink, just go through some hatchets, or to go throw some uh, axes at Stumpies or, or bury the hatchet. You know, miniature golf. Go, go to a driving range. Just get out and talk. So, sometimes talking helps. Yeah, and I heard going into, like, doing hikes and stuff. So being out in nature actually yeah, has a calming effect. It actually, uh, neg- I don't want to say negates depression, but will fight depression. Becoming mm-hmm. one with nature? I guess. <laughs> sure. We'll go that route. We need to cover Movember. We haven't talked about it. No, we should have mentioned it in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Should we? Should I cut it down and put it in the beginning of the episode? No, it's all right. We can okay. talk about it now. So, Sal, the one thing I want to make sure of that, so I know it's on our link tree, but we do have a donation site. Now, what does that donation site go to? It goes directly to, uh, to research uh, for men's health, prostate cancer, mental health. Um, Through what company? Uh, if you give me a moment, you know, you put me, kind of put me on the spot here, my friend. I would have had this prepared. 
do we have? Yep, there got we crickets. Go. There we go. We'll transition into this. We have on our Instagram a link under Linktree, and you can't miss which link it is. For we're trying, we we set a target of two thousand dollars to raise funds to go towards uh, men's health. It's going to go to men's health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and these are they've funded or they've helped fund over 1,200 projects for men's health. Uh, Prostate Cancer Research Alliance, uh, the program will fund research that leverages Australia's existing, uh, so let's see, November funding date, $6,150,000 went to funding a uh, program in Australia for men's health. For prostate cancer. So it, is it a charity? Is it Movember is the name of the charity? Or is it organization that kind of takes the funds and then distributes it accordingly? Yes, it's an organization that takes the funds and distributes it accordingly. Okay, and can we get that link up on our Facebook page? Move the vo- yeah, yeah, so they can click into it. Yes. All right, so you heard it here first. I don't know where the fuck else you would hear it, but we will put the link out on our Facebook page. It's already on our Instagram. We are going to push this. We want to get $2,000 from y'all. 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 See, that's what happens when you go to Alabama three times in, in one year. And drink and drink bourbon. Yeah, for two months, um, <laughs> over a two-month period. We want y'all to donate $2,000. I will donate. Apparently, my wife's going to donate too, so I'm donating twice. So we don't want you to donate all the $2000. We want you we want you sure. guys to help us reach our $2000 goal. If you want to donate $2000, who yes. am I to hold you back? That's right. Who am I to hold you That's back? That's right. So if you want to donate $2000, we would greatly appreciate it. We would pass our goal, but we set out to be a men's podcast that focuses on men's health, that helps dads. That's what we want to be, and this is a great idea. Brought to you by our social media department. (laughs) (laughs) That's one hell of a department. Uh, That department's kicking ass. Oh, yeah. The the online store and the blog kind of dropping the ball. Just saying. Yes, yes. He's been lacking. They've been lacking there. So we're trying to raise some funds and have some fun with it. Grow mustache. Download the app. You can... can, uh, uh, T- uh, holy sh- track your daily um, uh, holy shit I- I'm a loss of words today T- track your daily progress take a picture on a, a daily basis and and you can upload it to the app it's actually fun see what kind of mustache you can grow uh, I'm definitely if you haven't seen the Instagram video or the Facebook video I had a beard for seven seven plus years and it, it all came off Halloween morning yeah, he didn't have an, he didn't have enough fun with it. He should have went Fu Manchu, some chops. He kind of like just did it. Kind of ran, kind of ran out of time because the time we started and we had people coming over for Halloween. My sister came over with the baby, so yeah, I, I, I was trying to have a little more fun with it. It just didn't happen. The boss said, "Move your ass." That's essentially <laughs> what happened. But it did. It, you know, Sal shaved it all off, starting anew, fresh baby face. 
He's got some scruff. So we're both doing it. I shaved all the way down. Looked like a penis with uh, you still do bald, bald head and bald face. So it's <laughs> that's one of the guys from my work. Used Called to say, you a penis? No, no. He used to call himself a penis because he'd have a bald head and a bald face, and he looks like I just look like a white dick. And I'm like, that's great. You're one of my like direct <laughs> reports. I love that you're saying that. That's that's fantastic. Thank you. I just I it was hysterical. So now I I stole it. Um. So. Yeah, so we started off, we're going to grow up until, I'm not going to shave until the end of November. It's great for corporate life. I'm sure it will be appreciated, but it is for a good cause. I really love it. Um, so if you're out there, we will publish the link. Sal will give me the link so I can throw it into the liner notes. Reach out and give us a donation. So we would appreciate it. We're grow, grow. Grow your mo And save a bro. Come on. There we go. So now we're going into the uh, fun part of the evening. Well, I think here it comes. It's here. It is the bourbon tasting review session. Tonight we are tasting Bell Mead bourbon whiskey. Uh, Alcohol classification, it is a bourbon whiskey. Distillery is Nelson's Green Briar Distillery. Proof is 108.3 proof, which is uh, 54.14% alcohol by volume. Age is unknown. Filtration, it is non-chilled. It is small batch. Mash bill, 60% corn, 30% rye, 5% malted barley. Awards, whiskey advocate, top 20. It landed in the in number 10 spot. Um, that was in 2018. Color, it's, I'm going to go with a dark copper. This has got to be uh, one of the darkest uh, bourbons I've had. Yeah, it's definitely dark. I well, want to give a shout-out to George, my friend. At um, Maybe he could become a sponsor. Oh, we can ask him, sure. And maybe he could donate bottles. That would be wonderful. He's yeah. the one that recommended this bottle. I picked it up the other day. Um, and um, you're just about you're about to find out how I like it. You want me to go first or you're going to go first? Well, uh, let me finish the, the thing right, here. So dark copper, price point $69 to $79. Uh, nose and aroma. Believe it or not, in those multiple times I cheers the glass, that was because I was placing my glass on the desk and the other third glass was too close to mine. But anyway, um, apple pie, rye spice, charred barrel, so in the third glass, I get the charred barrel and oak. I mean, a huge, huge. That oak just comes through with that charred barrel in the third glass. If you if you don't know what the third glass is, listen to previous episodes. You'll know what it is. Uh, tasting notes. We always taste our bourbons neat. Uh, caramel, vanilla, and rye spice, definitely. Did you smell this? It changed. I just stuck my nose in it. No, but it changed again from like the... The charredness, yeah, it's like a sweet vanilla now. Sweet vanilla, oh yeah, definitely. Right, yeah, that's what happens. The dry glass, leave it till tomorrow morning when you're sitting here at your desk. Smell it again. Stick your schnoz in it. Um, finish. I spilled it all over the desk. So I'm sure Jesus I'm Christ, it you better lick that shit up. I just spill it. Um, finish. It's got the rye burn, and it when we when I first sipped it. It had a little bit of an aftertaste. I don't know about now, 
I don't know if it's because I'm a glass in, but I don't have the aftertaste now. I did before. I couldn't really pinpoint what that aftertaste was. Um, so I can't tell you what it is now <laughs> because it's gone. So the funny thing is when we started doing these bourbon tastings, we used to have like maybe two, three glasses. We've now done a better job of restricting it to one glass. The problem is when you have something as strong as this, it doesn't really take that much. No, no. <laughs> yes. I, before it was, we were like three glasses in before we got to the review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, overall, not complex rye spice burn. Uh, it's, I think it's rather enjoyable. If you ask me, well, you are asking me, so I'm giving you my opinion. It is, uh, it is enjoyable. I, I like it. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a seven, five. I gave my rating. Equal to new riff. Really? Yeah. I like it. The, the the only thing I don't like about it, and this is a really, like, killer, is the price. What is the price? 75 I think. Ooh. Yeah. Don't like so, that. So, compared to New Riff, if you have to, comp- if you have to do a price comparison, New, new Riff is, is the rock star. And this would be, so, if, at, a, at a 1 to 5, uh, New Riff would have been a 5, and this would have been, like, a negative 6. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like... So, you done? My turn? Go. All right. So... I'm done, son. I think the the wet uh, the wet glass definitely has a, a strong spice, a strong, a strong smell to it. The dry glass, though, however, when we first smelled it after we, we dried it out, it was a char and woody smell. Not not a cedar or, or peaty smell, but just like a wood, like a campfire-ish you smell. You said wood? I said wood and didn't laugh. Now, if... I could say sausage and not laugh. That'd be great. <laughs> Damn it, Sal. I was trying to do sausage. it. Sausage. All right. So, but after 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 the dry glass sitting there for a little bit, it came out with a very nice sweetness, like vanilla-ish. Maybe the apple pie. I don't know. For me, it's more vanilla. Um, and then from a taste, I for what did you say? One hundred six, one hundred eight, one hundred eight point three. For that potency. I like the taste. I ain't gonna lie. The taste is is incredible. I would I would go to a three for for the taste. I think the smell for the dry glass actually brings me to to a two. I, I, I like it. I think without the dry glass, it probably would have been a one. But the dry glass brings me to a two. You get the undertones in the dry glass that you would miss with with just the wet. Now, if you add an ice cube to it, it will dilute it a little bit and and really. Uh, minimize the potency and the and the, yeah, there's really you, not a lot you, of burn in it though proof, either. No, you proof it down with the with the with the ice. Yeah, so I, I think if 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 that's that's your worry that you know you can bring that down, but I think from from my standpoint between the taste and the the taste and the smell is at a five, but the price again is is a one for me. I just can't anything above that that sixty dollar. It's it gets up there because now you're you're at seventy five. You're close to a blood oath. You're close to yep. Your midsummer mid mid. Oh, that that reminds me. I got I got to start looking. Yeah. So I've been looking. I, I would have bought you a bottle if I found it. So can't find it. Um, I actually called up my place. Oh, they didn't have it. I. Nope. Nope. 
Nope. There we go. Yeah, we got all of them. <laughs> Where you got the right one. It literally says it. I wrote it down. If you can understand Dude, that's my handwriting. That's fucking chicken scratch right there, I was man. like, I can't understand. What's this? What's this mark? And I realized that I must have scratched it. For me, I think I'm going, what did I say? Three, three taste, two smell, and a one price. So that's a six. So I'm going to 6.0 on this. I like it. It's not a shelf staple for me. I would drink it if it was at Sal's house, but I'm not going out and buying it. <laughs> well, it, it is going to be at my house. And that's exactly. Pro- unless the price comes down, that's probably going to be the last bottle. It is, it is rather expensive. Um, it, 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 I can't put it up there with my Midwinter's Night Dram or Blood Oath or Blanton's. You know, it, it just... So, you know, we've never reviewed a Blanton's hat. Yes, I know. I don't know when we're going to do it, but I'm sending them five bottles. <laughs> I had a Blanton. I had a Blanton's reserve on Halloween. Where? Uh, my neighbor's house. Never even had one. Good? Good. Good stuff. Um, keep listening. Keep keep uh, sharing. Give us feedback. And please do not forget, it is Movember. Grow a mo, save a bro. Please donate to our cause. We're we're trying to hit two thousand dollars. Um, you know, the baby steps for us. This is something that that we want to do. Uh, it's it's definitely for the guys out there uh, who are struggling. Uh, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, colon cancer, even uh, you know mental mental health. So, guys, please donate. Help us help us hit our goal. As Sal said, right. When you, when you talk about stress, it eventually leads into anxiety and depression. So it is obviously mental health is just as important as prostate cancer, um, testicular cancer, and anything that a, a guy will, will encounter. So definitely donate. It will be distributed appropriately and to causes that will actually make a difference. And that's what we're like looking to do is make a difference. So on that note, thank you. And we'll see you the next episode. Tune in next time for another episode of The Rad Dad Show.